You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 125 and is Hunt Talk episode number 13. Today I am joined in studio by a guest that has stayed the weekend at my house, Mr. Peyton Carroll, ladies and gentlemen. Whoop, whoop. How are you, Mr. Peyton? I'm doing good. What do we got Two going? Two bucks down. <laughs> Two bucks down, so I'm doing good. I only got one more to go. You're, you're coming out heavy. Coming out heavy, straight to the point. Go in light, come out heavy. <laughs> well, wh- what do we got going on in the garage right now? We are boiling our heads that we killed from Kansas. Um, yeah, we're not very good at it, but so it'll get done. I was joking with my neighbor that came over, and I was like, hey, we're not good at European mounts because we usually don't shoot deer that you have the European mount. And uh, then... Uh, well, I bought this uh, six-quart pot off Amazon. Anyone that like cooks often is probably laughing at me, but I thought you could fit a deer head in it, and uh, you can fit about the nose of a deer in it, and then the, it sticks out, so it sucks. Peyton had to go get another pot for us. So we, uh, we've, it's been about two weeks since we've got on the pod at all, but for good reason, we were on a rutcation. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say rutcation. <laughs> We I were on a summercation. Peopleation. <laughs> well, land. we we split it up into two legs, so that's what we're going to do on this episode. Is split it up into this episode. We'll do one leg of the trip, and then we'll have to get Jake on to talk about uh, talk about Kansas. But um, our buddy Jake, who's usually on the podcast, he um, is after a deer right now, so he couldn't be with us. But hopefully, he's about to put some hand on some bone for the first time this year. So. It's a it's a good time, but it'll be, it'll be just me and Pate. And so let's uh, let's kick off the first leg of the trip, the mountains of Oklahoma. What were your expectations for going into the mountains of Oklahoma? <laughs> My expectations was to come out with two big bucks, but two. Well, I guess I'd already shot one, so one big buck. But <clears throat> yeah, after the first set, I thought this is going to happen because I saw a pretty good one, probably close to 115, 120 inches somewhere in there. Anywhere between there. Good buck. Looking back, should have shot it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, very first set. I mean, two, three hours into this set, see that deer. Um, You're like, it's going to be a good week. Yeah, it's going to be a great week. And then, man, you talk about as far south as you can go after that. Well, so I guess we should tee it up for people that maybe uh, haven't listened to the podcast before or haven't watched any of our videos. We have this um, annual trip that we do in Oklahoma. Um, in a rural part of Oklahoma in the mountains. And we did it in 2020. We did it in 2021. Yeah, we did it in 2021. And um, this was our third annual trip down to this place. It's always, we do it, uh, you know, last weekend of October, first weekend of November. And in 2020, we had a heck of a year. Jake shot at 162. I shot 131 inch eight. Um, I'm trying to think what, you you got a shot at the big seven that year. Yeah, that could have been a trifecta. Yeah, it could have been. That could have been. So then twenty twenty one, fast forward there, we struggled that that trip too. We got one buck out of that trip um, on a terrible shot. 
thank God we recovered that one. Um, but 2022, um, we decided to do no scouting on this place. We've spent like five or six years down there hunting just cumulatively. So it was like, Hey, we know the pattern down here. Let's not spend thousands of dollars and all of our trail cameras trying to scout this place. Were you happy we didn't scout down there? Yes, I was because the scouting, it all looks the same down there. Um, they have no pattern, no reason. They bed here one day, they bed there the other. It's just being at the right spot at the right time, I think, down there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So we there's the backstory. We've had success on this place in the past. And we went in. It's always like a to me that always that place is like it has the highest potential of shooting a big buck, but it also has the highest likelihood that you're not going to kill one. And so it's kind of like this pendulum. You're like, could shoot a giant, could kill nothing. Yeah, that, that's why I didn't shoot that one that I saw. Um, that 115 inch was thinking, well, there's bigger, there's better, they're here. And that got proved. Yeah. <laughs> and that got proved later on. So you, first day of the trip, we spent uh, six days there. You got in, uh, first. so first morning, you guys will see a lot of this in the video that we're fixing to put out, but first morning we get there, dude, it is like, Oh, that's a terrible storm. We're like putting the wall tent up in like this little drizzle that's coming down. And then as soon as we get into the wall tent at night, it's like, yeah, probably like 25, 25 mile an hour winds. Just, just rain is pounding. You couldn't even see, you probably couldn't go outside and see your hand. It was raining so hard. Mm -hmm. So we took that first morning, like, I think the alarms went off like simultaneously and everyone, no one communicated to, Everyone sat in their own corner of the tent and everyone was like, eh, they know we're not going. Yeah. <laughs> like they know we're not going in this. Um, so we sat in the tent, um, got up, like, I think it was like 10 o'clock and we just started shooting our bows. Everybody started shooting. We got some footage shooting the recurves and the longbow in camp. Um, that was pretty fun. But once that rain stopped, I think everybody was like, let's go. It's going to be, it's going to be a good evening. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was really our best evening or I think it was our best day. day of the yeah, it was our best day after that rain. I saw that deer. You saw, I don't know how many doe, you know, Jake, I don't know. I don't remember what Jake saw, but. Oh, that was a, uh, that was the morning or that was the time where he walked in on that new place and said he jumped like 140 inch oh, buck on the way yeah. in. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was a, that was just a good morning or sorry, a good evening. So we got into the stand at like. We headed out at like eleven thirty or yeah, we noon, got there like twelve, twelve thirty. I was up in the tree by I think one. Yeah. Well, Jordan and Justin were at camp, and uh, like we're just sitting there messing around, like eating, snacking, shooting bows, and they're like, "You can't kill them from camp." And all of a sudden, they're like, like <laughs> headed out of camp. We're like, "Well, now I'm getting FOMO. Now we need to all go." So we all packed up, got in the stand. Dude, literally, I'm in the stand. Um, this is the spot that I shot two public bucks out of. They're like the same exact tree or little area. And I'm sitting there doing an interview. It's like one, it's like one o'clock. Um, and I, I get done one fifteen. Here comes three does up this draw. And Justin, you guys have probably seen him on whitetail cribs for the meat wagon. Well, he pimped out the meat wagon this year, um, his little camper. And he put like a skinning pole on it and with like a winch and he was, he was telling us before we left camp, he was like, if you guys see a doe, he's like, shoot one. 
He's like, we'll eat it at camp. We need to try out this winch. And I was like, I took that to heart. So 115, these three does walk up this drainage and I'm like, so be it. Draw back, whack, whack one. And it's like, I've never shot a deer before like three o'clock ever. So just to see a deer moving at one, it was like, this is, this is kind of nuts. Blasted one. I'm 15 minutes into my trip. I've shot one. I get out of the tree. You saw 120 inch. I'm like, man, we, we timed this perfectly. We're about to go blast them. Little did we know that was the only one that we were going to get at the trip on, on our side. Kind of sucked. I'm trying to think what happened. What happened next? I'll tell you what happened with me. I went three or four days without seeing anything with four legs, not a coon, not a squirrel, nothing. Isn't that kind of nutty though? Like you can sit it, especially if you have decent visibility, you sit that long and you don't see anything. It starts to mess with your head. You're like, they're not here. I'm not going to kill one. I'm not going to get lucky. Yeah. It just seems like a waste. I mean, it's a lot of energy to go on public, walk that far, pack in, pack out, hang, unhang, unhang. You got no service. So you're just sitting there. I mean, staring at your palms. Yeah. You're you, there's nothing to pass time. I mean, it's a long, it's a long set. I mean, a three hour set on public land with no services. It's a long set. It's a little bit different than Kansas when you got five bars of LTE. You like well, you can also communicate like, man, well, I know I'm not seeing anything. So maybe they are, you know, maybe we need some walkie talkies. Yeah, maybe we do. <laughs> We've always talked about that, but there's also this, um, like delayed gratification. Um, when you do shoot one or like when you're pulling up to get your buddy, you're like, you pull up and you like throw the car in park and you jump out. You're like, let me see your arrows. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an examination. You're like, did you kill anything? They're like, nope. And then they pull out an arrow behind their back and everyone's like, ah, (laughs) cause that's what I did when I shot that doe. Like you said, we were only hunting like maybe a thousand yards, a little bit over that apart. I pulled out my quiver. I've got this luminoc lit up arrow, just soaked in lung blood. And I put it in the seat and I have the video. It's like really dark, but I put it in the seat and Carol goes to sit in and jump in and like, he's either going to sit on my arrows or he's going to move them to sit down. And he was like, did you get one? And you just, <laughs> you just see the face change and everyone like, did you get one? And I was like, I did. And I was like, it just didn't have horns. And he was like, Oh, come on. <laughs> I've been got with that. Jake got me that with that. When he shut that 162, he's like, yeah, I didn't, didn't see anything. And then he pulled out his phone and I had shot a doe that evening. And so I had a bloody arrow too. So like we were getting each other and he pulled out his phone. He's like, just that. And he shows me a picture of him holding one. And I'm like, gosh, dang. I was like, what is that? And then we like started to get hype. But that that's the fun part of not having service. That's probably the only plus. Yeah. To where you're like, there's no telling. Everybody could have shot one or no one could have seen a deer. We don't know. Yeah. So we got that one out. Um, like you said, you went on a uh, three or four day bender of seeing absolutely nothing. And it was, it was kind of nuts because I'm trying to, yeah, I did not go a single day in that trip without seeing a single sit without seeing multiple deer. And I was in the deer, just couldn't, couldn't quite like seal the deal on one. And it was just like does, dinks, does. I also took big gambles of where I was standing of, hey, I'm sitting in this tree line. I'm playing wind here. 
I'm not sitting on the edge of a field. I'm, I can see 40 yards each way. Some sits where it's like, I'm probably not going to see a deer, but if I do see a deer, I'm going to shoot it. It's coming down the pipe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be right here and it's going to do it right. If I see one and this is what I think they're going to do. But yeah, I never really sit to where, you know, uh, where you sit, where you can see like, Oh, you know, this deer might not be within 40 yards, but I see it. It's 150, 200 yards away, but at least I'm seeing them. But I, I took those gambles on quite a few sits where I was like, well, I can see 50 yards each way, but if they come within this 50 yards, I have a shot no matter what. Do you like that? Or do you like having more ground to observe? I don't know because when we went to Kansas, if it was like that in Kansas, I would have had an awful hunt. You know, the all day set that we did the first day I saw probably like 60 or if I had that mentality, but when I looked 150 yards away and saw 30, 40 deer, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's for the the next podcast to go down that road. That's true. But yeah, if I had that same mentality in Kansas, the hunt would have been, you know, that first day would have been awful. But I don't know. It's just pick your poison of, do you want to go see 140, 150-inch deer that you never get a shot on? Or do you, that would make you sick of, oh, I wish I would have done this. I could have done that. I could have done this. Or do you want to take that shot up? If I see a deer, I will get the shot because this is what they're going to have to do. That's like two different conflicting mentalities though. I've listened to Tony Peterson talk about it on meat eater. It's like, are you hunting to hunt or are you hunting to kill when you're hunting in a spot where you can see a lot, but there's no specific topography or anything that's bringing them right by you. Mm -hmm. You're hunting to hunt. You're just observing like you're hoping one will walk by, but in reality you don't know. But when you're hunting in a, let's say you're hunting one drainage and you, you can, like you said, you can see 40 yards, you can shoot 40 yards. By the time you see them, they're going to be on you, but they're going to be in bow range. Yeah. That's hunting to kill. That's like, if he comes down this one drainage, he's getting shot. He doesn't have to, but he should. But if he, you know, if he starts working his way, he's not, he's not going up this hill out. He's going to walk down this. I almost think that that style for me works a little bit better for bow hunting because it's like, if I see him, I can kill him. And, I don't really like observing deer. Like I like it for being able to pivot and move, but I like knowing, Hey, I might not be able to see everything, but if one comes in, I'm in the chips immediately. And that's just, I feel like that styles, it's fairly easy to do where we hunt in the mountains. Cause there's a lot of topography that you can do that in. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of drainages, a lot of tree lines, uh, too many. <laughs> too many <laughs> well, to you from. say that too many, but there's a ton of people that hunt there. So you need more is more is better yeah so i think jake had a little bit of the similar experience that we did on the first um let's just call it three days of the trip it was just does dinks or nothing it was kind of a trifecta of those um i sat in the same spot for i think four or five straight sits and it was hard because you know on the last sit that i was in the community center I saw like 10 plus deer and I I packed my stuff up and I was like, this feels wrong. You know, like I just saw a bunch of deer, but I'm packing my stuff up because I've been in this spot a ton. The wind has shifted. I've shot a deer in here. I just felt like it wasn't quite that good pre-rut or rut activity. So I was like, big bucks, not in that stupid headspace right now. So it's like, he's going to come through here and be like, something's here. So I moved up. Yeah. That's just a travel way to, to where if they're out, they weren't cruising when we were there. I mean, they they were not. I mean, every deer that I saw, you know, I was telling you guys, hey, every deer that I saw was 30 minutes after uh, sunrise and an hour before sunset. I never 
where we hung. Felt like October. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, eh. I mean, felt like that whole, you know, from four o'clock to six o'clock was just a waste of time is what it felt like. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not because you never know. I mean, you, like you said, you can't kill them unless you're out there, but it, it after four or five days, you start feeling like that to where you're like, man. Get dark at seven. I don't need to be out there till six thirty. <laughs> six fifteen. <laughs> I mean, you start. You start wondering and start thinking. It gets to you. People don't understand when you're eating. You know, when you're eating chips, you're running three hours on sleep every night. Four hours of sleep. Yeah. You're doing this. You know. You're just getting your butt kicked. Just you. People won't understand until they. It's go very to mental. It. Yeah. It is very mental. Yeah, we're, I mean, it's not. It's not hunting over a corn feeder where you know, like, oh, I got trail cameras. This is uh, coming in. Yeah. This is when he's been coming in. You know, here's the day. Here's the wind. You know, yes, I should hunt. No, I shouldn't. But when you're out there, you're like, I'm hunting, but I don't know what really what to do. And there's no right or wrong answers. I don't think out there. No, because Justin, you know, killed his. We're going to get there. By the way, Uh, we love hunting over corn feeders. Don't don't take that the wrong way. Hey, this is this is my argument. I've hunted once over a corn feeder. Probably one of the best hunts of my life. Well, this right. year. That's right. This year I've hunted once over a corn feeder, one bucked out. I'm on the same. I've hunted one time on private this year, one deer down. I've hunted 40 times on public, one two deer down. Hey, there's no knocking it because we're going to start. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing <laughs> yeah, it. I'm going to start leaning to that maybe a little, and push off a of public for a little while. Yeah. So the trip we're talking about, by the way, for people, this is a while back. This is October 28th through the 3rd. Um, of November. So I know we're recording this really late, but um, gosh, I needed a week to recover from, from what we went through um, on this 14, 15 day trip. Um, but so fast forward to like, I think it's day four, day four on the trip, you know, day one through three, it's more of the same day four. I'm hunting a different drainage system that I just, you know, on and picked the spot and I feel like down in the mountains and stuff, you can just on X and pick a spot because you can relatively figure out what it looks like on, on the map and, and choose it. But I, I chose this spot. I had seen a doe and a fawn the night before. And kind of one of the rules that we've had um, on these places is if you see deer, you know, give it another sit, you know, and then, and then try to try to cap your sits at three or four or five in a single spot because the wind swirls and shifts so much there that you're doing more harm than good in a lot of ways. But this morning I saw about 150 yards away. I saw a doe run like bust through the brush and I was like, Oh, here we go. Of course it's a dink falling or, you know, a little six point. But then I see another set of legs like 10 minutes later busting through and it's another like forky. I'm like, dang it. Well, about 9.30, you know, we're kind of getting ready. I'm about, I'm fixing to get ready to go. I think I was going to get down in about an hour. And I just hear, oh, I hear the most dreaded sound that's ever been put into the deer woods, like, like bounds. And I was like, what's that? When you hear one running away like that, you're not going to take your time and slowly turn around. You're like, oh, he's running away anyways. So I turn around and I just see about 130 inch eight, dude, 17 inches wide, 18 inches wide, like, 12 or 11, 10, 11 inch G2s run away. I was like, no, no, (laughs) my wind was blowing completely at him, uh, the wrong direction. He just came up this drainage and I just watched him bound away. I was like, that really sucks. But my wind was blowing his way. There was 
really, he was going to get me one way or the other. Like I was not going to swing all the way around and be able to shoot this deer with my, him being also downwind of me. So I just had to painfully take that one. It's, I don't know what else you do different in that situation. Well, those deer don't come from any specific, there is no betting. I mean, there's, there's no everything specific, is betting. Yeah. Everything is betting. You're like, Oh, this is what, this is what they should do. And they'll just be walking on top of a hill. And you're like, why, why, why are you doing that? What's there? Yeah. What? Because they're, I, I don't know. It's weird. Super weird. There's no, it's just right spot at the right time. I mean, I think it's, it's putting the time in the tree. Yeah. That's your number one. I think it's just, I mean, I'm not saying it's all luck, but being in a spot where you can shoot a deer is, I think it's luck. It doesn't matter. I, from what I've learned, it doesn't matter how far you walk back there. No, it doesn't. A lot of that doesn't matter. It's just, will one be cruising by today? And if you're in the tree, you, you're always in the chips. Yeah. Like that's, I think what separates people killing them there and people not is, if you stay at camp, you're not going to have an opportunity. If you sit, if you're in a tree 50 yards off the road, you'll probably, it's going to, you might get one. You just hunt for seven days. But that buck bounded away. And I remember as he was bounding off, like, that's a great buck, especially on public land. Like, that was going to be, I was a sucker was going on the wall. I had already picked the pose out if I would have shot him, but he bounds away. And I just like, I remember as he's running off, I got to watch him for like 150, 200 yards run away. And I was just chuckling. I was like, <laughs> I was like figures. And I was just watching him run off. I was like, nice. So I got down out of that sit and you were, you were sitting, <laughs> I think you were taking a nap on the ground in the spot. I, I dropped you off at that spot, like 50 yards off the road. Remember you walked up the hill? Oh, yeah. I did a lot of sleep in that sit. <laughs> I got there and was like, okay, it is, I think sunrise is like, you could see to shoot at 630. And it was like 620. I'm like, I'm at the base of the tree. I have a saddle. It's four sticks. Yeah, four sticks. I'm talking, no. That just I'm going to have to sit on the ground. And I was kind of on a hill, so I was like, I'll face down. You know, if they come up over the hill, there, there's no way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did probably 50% nap that, uh, 50% observed and I am, man, I wouldn't put a hundred yards off the road, like a main road. So, but you're in the game. Yeah, I was in the game. I'd wake up every few minutes, take a look around and think, well, I can see 150 yards this way, but I don't know what's behind me or to my left or right. But if they come downhill to uphill, by golly, I'll see them. Yeah. I mean, when you, when I got down to go, go pick you up. Uh, Justin calls me and he's like, Hey, um, this is where it starts to get interesting. He calls me. He's like, Hey, uh, got a doe. I'm like, why, why are you calling me? You know, I'm like, shoot, shoot me a text. If you got a doe. Yeah. At this point we're a little frustrated. Yeah. He's like, got a doe. I'm like, awesome, man. He's like, you want to come help me get it out? And I'm like, is Jordan with you? And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, sounds like he got help. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you might need some more help though. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Like that's a, that's not the reaction you get of someone shooting a doe. Like if you got some, we usually take the buddy system. Like sometimes we'll hunt separate, but, um, I was like, this ain't adding up. And so I get off the phone with him. I'm like, yeah, he tells me where he's at. I'm like, cool. I'll go pick up Peyton and we'll come check it out. Mason texts me at my brother as I'm, walking back to the truck because I just got up on this one peaking hill and I just like 
you get like service every once in a while if you're like on a hill or something and like light up your phone. Mm-hmm. And Mason texted me and he said, uh, he said, um, Justin told me he shot a 17 point. And I was like, really? He told me he shot a doe. <laughs> and he was like, oh, maybe, maybe he's lying or something. And then I remember because I was on the actually I was on the phone when Mason texted me that I said, really? Did you get a doe or did you get a 17 point? He's like, oh, it was a doe. <laughs> I was like, huh? Okay. So I picked you up and you guys will see this in the video, but we did an interview. Peyton the night before had punked Justin saying he shot a hundred. He took my arrow from the dough. <laughs> what did you do to him? I was like, got one. And they're like, good one. I was like, probably about 170. <laughs> and they're like, no, really, dude, really? Man, they were so excited. I felt so bad. I was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Gonna leave him. I don't know where I hit him. Saw him saw him run. Think I heard him crash. Not sure. Didn't you hand Jordan the arrow? Yeah. And Jordan's like, I, I think so. If I remember right, this has been weeks ago. And I'm pretty sure he was like, oh, it looks real good. Looks real good. I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> Too bad. I didn't, I didn't shoot one. So they were, I think they were paying us back for what we did to them. Yeah. Um, but no, they were paying us back and we get over there to Justin and there's like a, there's like a, a sack laying over this deer and I can see the body as in the back of the truck. And I'm like, it does look like a doe. <laughs> <laughs> the body looks like a doe. And he pulls the sack off the rack. And I was like, uh, what did you think the first time you saw that deer? I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a deer of a lifetime. Yeah. Triple. What did he have? Triple flyers off of his G2 on I, each I side. Remember, I just remember them saying, yeah, he's all right. And I was like, I don't think you're understanding how big this deer is. Cause when we, you know, finally huddled up around it, they're like, what do you think? Oh, one, 145. I was like, no, no. 50 at least. Yeah. I was like, I'm thinking low to mid fifties. And that is a very, very conservative mm-hmm. answer. And you know, we met the guy, a guy from Florida there and he's like, Oh, I think like 148 or something like that. And I was like, man, I, <laughs> I hate to disagree with you, but no, <laughs> I think, uh, I think we're still all off by a lot. This, this could be a hundred, you know, he, he could be 160s very easily. So you guys will see it in the video. We're fixing to release one this week, but the deer is a mainframe 10, 10 or 11 inch twos. He's got another nine or 10 inch threes, four or five inch fours. And his eye guard, dude, his eye guards nuts. Like, like a five and a half on one side. And that one was like a seven inch swoop on the other side when I held him in my hands, good mass. When I held him, I was like, this is 145 inch 10 just as he's sitting here, maybe 150 inch 10. And I was looking at all the extras and I was like, he's got 10 inches of extras too. Honestly, I lowered my guess based on what everyone else was saying. Everyone was like 145. Yeah, I, know. I, I, I did the same thing like, where I was like, man, I'm thinking, shoot, he, he might be like mid 160s, but I don't want to be that guy. That's like 160, you know? You don't, yeah, you don't want to sound like an idiot when everyone's like 145. And I was like, uh, you said 152. Jake's guess doesn't even count because he waited till everyone else guessed. I said 154. Uh, Jake said 155. And then the other guys had had been guessing there in the the mid 40s. I knew that deer was a mid 40s deer without all the extras. Yeah. Easy. I was like, He's got his mass is good. His time length is insane. There's no way 
this deer is in the 40s. There's just no way. Even with extra stuff, he might he still wouldn't even be in the 40s without with you know without all the extra stuff. I no, I've seen a bunch of 140s. This is this deer is massive. I think what what uh, kind of sh- what brought everyone's expectations down for the score of the deer was the width. Yeah, like if that deer was 20 inches wide, you'd be like, that's world class. <laughs> yeah. 180. Yeah. He was, he was 16 inches wide. Yeah. 16. And that frame was so compact that people just thought they just, it, it immediately shrinks your score width on a deer makes it give it, gives it such a much, a bigger presence than it, it would normally have. But he was a 16 point mainframe 10 with triples. He had a, kicker off the eye guard and like a turkey foot on one side, three kickers come off a of G2. He just, he just was awesome buck. One of those bucks you look at him head on and there's just like points going in every direction, but down. Yeah. Everything. And that was kind of like a, a double-edged sword for the trip. Cause it's like, okay, someone we were in camp with just shot a giant. We're not going to shoot a giant. So bring your expectations back yeah. down. <laughs> 130 is still a good one. 120 is still a good one. Um, but everyone was just like pumped up because we're like, okay, they're here. Someone yeah. just got one. But it, you know, like that's kind of a fairy tale. Well, one. then you start second guessing because it's like, well, we're, you know, we knew we were set. You know, we know where you're setting. We're all together, right? We're all a team. We knew exactly right. where we're setting. And then you go and you look at the point and you're like, how did he just kill a hundred and, you know, 160 inch deer? Setting right there. I have walked a mile back there. I have done this. I have played. I'm playing wind. I'm playing this. And they just, man, it almost seems like they were like, right there. Take a point and go. We don't care when. We don't care anything. This is just where we're going to sit. It worked. And it worked out. That's what we're talking about, though, is that unpredictability of those deer. It doesn't matter. Like, you can go sit around a bench 200 yards off the road or a funnel, and it's like, here they come. Yeah, they, those deer don't treat those roads like roads, though. Like they, they really. I don't think they do. I think those are more like paths to them. Yeah, because ninety percent of the year, there's not a truck coming down there. Like they probably sure know when deer season starts, though. Yeah, <laughs> the highway. Oh no, our up. trail cam photos definitely told that. Man, I had ten. We we had ten, twelve shooters. You know, in our one spot where I hunted last year, and then October hit, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And it was like, what, what happened? Is it so pressured? Is there a bunch of people hunting back there? Which there was, Mm -hmm. but what, how can you have so many shooters and not one of these is coming by, you know, people. Yeah. So to wrap Justin's deer up, my uncle, um, that one was 169 and one eighth. Yeah. We, 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 Yeah, rough score. This deer could be one sixty five. It could be one seventy four. You know, we were typically five. You know, safe to say, like five inches. He's in the sixties. That's for sure. Because when he took it to get it mounted, the, the taxidermist. taxidermist was like, "Uh, yeah." For Who's sure, also an official score? Yeah, he's an official score. Was like, "Uh, yeah, definitely one sixties." Yeah. Um. Could be more. We used one of those like rough, like a. It, what do you call those? It's just a measuring tape. But it's like a soft one. Yeah. So it doesn't have a lot of bend in it. Like you kind of have to poke it and then manipulate it. So it's not within an inch, but it's close. Yeah. It would not surprise me one bit if that deer scores 170. Um, so we're getting an awesome buck. 
congrats to Justin. He's hunted down there just as long as anyone else. And that's a freaking beast to take out of there. Um, little side note. So they continued to hunt where we were. I got a funny story. That's going to blow your mind. I forgot to tell you this. So, you know, on rattlesnake where we hung hunter stand where on the ridge where Justin shot his buck last year, the first ridge you're talking about Dave. No. Yeah. We're, we're Jake used to sit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there was a tree right there that had a stand in the hunter hung. Okay. Um, Justin called me the other day. This is like a week ago. And he said, uh, I got your stand. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, the tree that y'all used to sit in burnt down when they burned it. And apparently it burnt the straps on the stand or I, I, no, it didn't burn down the tree. It burnt the straps on the stand 15 feet up. That's how high the flames were. And the stand had fell all the way down onto the ground. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's crazy. He's like, Oh no, it gets way better. He said, I was hunting after he shot his big one. He said, I was hunting and I shimmied up in that tree next to that one. And in an evening sit, he said he was grabbing his bow rope to pull his bow up and he heard a stick break and he looked over and there's a 150 inch 10 coming down the drainage on rattlesnake. He said that the deer walked like two feet from the tree with his, with his bow on the bottom of the tree. And he was like, Oh no. And as soon as the deer got like 20 yards past him, he said he ripped his bow rope all the way up at the tree got it and he was hunting his he's hunting with his compound i think and he tried to grunt at him tried to stop him but here it comes all that spot that just got walked out by jake got walked out by the guy that walked up on jake when he was hunting rattlesnake the week before 150 inch 10 comes down the drainage that's yeah, nuts. never told me that i never knew that is that not nuts though i mean there's just no path there's no reason there's no reason for anything a deer might be two miles away one day and then just a side yeah but that's nuts because that spot would be like a no start a non-starter for us we would not even touch it based on how everybody hunts around there and justin just goes in there and here comes 150 and just his year too. it also is his year it's he's got just the his year. And it's like basketball the hot hand justin's yeah. got the hot hand yeah he really does um so yeah that happened um i'm trying to think of the rest of the trip the rest of that trip i just bounced around um, I think during that six day period, I hunted six or seven different spots and saw deer on every single one of them. So it was a successful trip in that sense. Um, and just ran out of time, you know, sometimes you just run out of time. You had, a. did you end up seeing some deer on some sits before we left? Yeah. On the last day and a half, uh, Jake and I moved to a spot that we set last year at the very end, and that's when Jake got his shot. Well, I wish Jake was on, but he's in the deer right now. So I, ha- I could paraphrase what he what happened to him, but I actually have a clip of him explaining it all. So I'm going to add that into the podcast so he can talk about it. It's about a four-minute clip, and we're going to play it right now. All right, what's popping full? Well, after being on a pretty good struggle bus this morning, and or I guess the, just the whole week so far, uh, 
God just says, here you go, here, here's a little bit more trouble for you. So, uh, went hunting this morning, a uh, spot that we've sat probably last day on, on, on two years in a row, uh, just to check it out, and each time we've seen deer. So I was like, I'm gonna go in there, give it one last go. Get set up, or before I get set up, I get like halfway to the tree and realize I don't have my release on me. So I mad dash to the truck, get my release, and find it and realize, I didn't even realize I left my bino harness in the truck as well. So get all that, go back to the uh, stand, and I go to get set up, and right when I'm walking to the tree, because I already have the tree pinned, I bump a deer. It runs off, starts yelling at me. I start shimming up tree, get my third stick on, go to reach for my platform. My platform falls, cling, right on a big old rock under my tree. And again, the deer is like 50, 75 yards away saying, ha, huh! you know, telling me I'm too loud. And so I climb back down the tree, get set up. And before I, I pull any of my camera stuff out, I'm just like, I just gotta take a five, 10 minute breather or else I'm just gonna jump out of the stand. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, you know, 10 minutes pass. And of course, when I get first set up, it's like 7.30 already. So it's already light. And about 7.45, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll get my camera stuff out now. And I go to like let my tether out a little bit and just start looking to my right and I see a deer. And this is a close enough to the road where I'm like, buck doe, hopefully it's coming home. And uh, so I was going to shoot. So I'm sitting there like trying to range it. It's 55, pull my binos out and look and it's in some pretty thick stuff and I'm like oh that's a buck you know it ain't it ain't nothing like giant or anything like that but it's just you know I was talking to Christian about it and I was like I I, I would feel like it would be it would have to be at least 120 but it couldn't be no more than 130 and so just you know give or take whatever you want but uh it's a 55 I'm trying to get everything ready and it starts kind of, kind of working its way because it was on my weak side shot and then it started just picture perfect and gets out in front of me and at this point I'm just losing my mind like I don't know why but I'm just I just start having the, the shakes quivers whatever you want to call it but uh, I try to range it and I'm getting 35 35 and I'm like all right and at this point it's pitch quiet and it stops and puts its head down and I was like he's catching where I walked in at and so he's starting to get on alert and kind of like looking around you know just like listening putting his nose back down as soon as he puts his nose back down to smell where I walked in at, I start to draw back. And it was so quiet this morning that as I was drawing back, you could hear the leather stretching on this damn release. And uh, and what, right when I did that, he just looked up at me like, you know, I heard that. And so I just finished drawing back, and he's sitting there looking at me. I was like, it's now or never. Like, he's going to bust. And so I just was just losing my mind with everything going as soon as that pin touched where I wanted it to. It, uh, I just punched it. It, it was like lightning hit me, and I just absolutely just let it let it rip. Sailed over its back, and I'm thinking, how? Like it didn't it didn't just like just barely skim or anything like that. It it sailed over, and I was like, there ain't no way. And so it runs off, runs the 90. I range it again, and then, and at this point, it's just like, what's the use? And uh, it, it kind of works off. And I get down, find my arrow, because I was like, you know what, maybe I hit it. Maybe I'm just like seeing things. It's it's day like four or five of the trip. I'm starting to hallucinate at this point. And 
get down, find my arrow, clean as a whistle, and I go to where the deer was, I range my tree, it says 25. How come you don't know the difference between a 25 and a 35? Like, do you not know that? Yes, I do, but it's on a hill. And I was like, you know, that could be 20, it could be 40. I don't know. So yeah, not only was I 10 yards over, and again, that shouldn't matter, but the arrows I shoot, super heavy. So there's a really big difference in pin gap between 10 and 20, or 20 and 30. So, uh, but nonetheless, like, so, I, so now what? I think I would have missed regardless if, uh, if, yeah, it's this one. I think I would have missed regardless if, even if the rangefinder wasn't wrong, because I absolutely just, I lost my stuff. I mean, I lost my cool. That's what the mountain deer will do to you. It'll, it, it'll do it. So, I mean, now we're it, is, shoot? it is what it is, and I'm just going to go shoot the piss out of my bow now. Well, there we go. All right, so that was a, you heard Jake talk about his deer. Um, what did he tell you when you, when you guys, you guys were hunting next to each other. Did he call you or did he text you? No, yeah, we don't, neither. We don't have service. I walked up on him. He was down on the ground with this camera and I was like, oh baby. Here we go. We got one. We got one. This is like last morning, by the way. Yeah. One of, yeah. One of the last morning. Yeah. I think it was the last morning. Mm. And, uh, I was like, you get one. He's like, no, I missed what? And he, I was like, how far? And he's like, 25 yards. I was like, what? You missed? You know, and then he told the story. I was like, yeah, that sucks. It really sucks. But, it didn't sound like it was anything um, that you couldn't live without. Yeah, no, it wasn't like a giant buck or anything like that. He said, yeah, it was just like probably a 120 inch, like nice, nice eight point. Wasn't anything crazy. I was like, well, don't let it eat you up because you might end up being thankful that you didn't put a tag in a 120 inch eight point maybe but after uh gosh dang after taking a beating a 120 starts looking like a 150 <laughs> pretty yeah. pretty quick yeah, i i mean i th i think it's a little cliche to talk about inches all the time the only reason i use the inches reference on the podcast all the time is because people know what a 120 looks like people know what a 140 looks Some like of them do. Some do. I could say, hey, he shot a good eight. That could be an 80 inch eight. That could be a 140 inch eight. So I hope people don't take that the wrong way as like all we care about is inches because it's not. I'm just using that as a frame of reference. Um, but it's not all, to me, it's not all tied up in the inches. Like if we were hunting down on the mountains and a 90 inch six that was big came in, I'd be like, bam, hammered. Like, that doesn't bother me one bit, but some people, I guess some people wouldn't. Yeah. I start panicking like right now where I'm like, well, I got another tag. I don't have to use it. You know, I don't ever get to where, Oh, I have to use it. I have to use it. Cause I don't, I don't really get desperate when it comes down to it, to where like it doesn't bother me. If I don't shoot, I don't shoot. You know, when I want to get out there. Yeah. I, I don't, I want to shoot and I want to shoot a decent one, but I also don't get so desperate where I'm like, all right, 80 inches comes by. It's getting popped. Depends if you're in another state. Yeah. Well, it depends if you put a lot of time, money, and you're you're not coming back. That was the difference too. Of, hey, we're we're not coming back, um, and we're probably not going to get to hunt here for another three, three years. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, we'll talk more about that predicament that we got in. Um, <laughs> so on the on the first leg of the trip, um, Jake shot at one. You guys just heard the story of that. Justin got a giant. I shot a doe, and then we kind of just piddle farted around for uh, the rest of the trip. I mean, it was 
we, then we had to straight up to Kansas. We have some other friends and family that kind of hunt that area, and yeah, it just seems just like to bring that up. They get there, so we left on Thursday, and they start rolling in on Sunday afternoon, Monday, and man, they were every single person was seeing good deer. Where we had just left, everyone's like, "Oh, na- they're cruising now." You yeah, there. You know, one of my cousins went there. I don't know how many is in their group. Just a guess of maybe four four or five maybe and they said you know for like two days in a row they they all saw decent deer Mm. it's like well we spent a week i saw one okay one you know and we move around too i mean we especially this year i told myself the last two years i'm not doing this setting and then not moving three sets that's the max Mm -hmm. i will sit in one spot an evening morning evening that is a max did you so what did we learn this this trip on timing of vacation? Well, it's tough because previous years we were there that week. Well, Justin shot a 169 on November 1st. Yeah. Um, so but the deer also weren't cruising. They just weren't cruising. They you were, they may have been moving early morning, late evening, but you know, where we hunt, I never had that. You know, I'm going to sit till noon because a deer might come around. I never, never had, had that, that feeling. feeling. Yeah. To where if we were there a week later and people were like, yeah, I'm seeing them, I'm seeing them, I'm seeing them. It's like, well, maybe I, you know, I do need to sit till noon. Go to the truck, eat a sandwich, come back at two, you know. Mm-hmm. I said all day, but I just never had that confidence because I think that we were, we, we were just a week early. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we saw the small bucks doing it. Starting to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Saw some scrapes being made and some, some cruising, some pushing of does, but not, not any hard. Well, we weren't chasing. the only ones, you know, it's not like just me you and Jake, Justin, Jordan, Jordan Dave, you know, other Dave, Dave, the other Dave. Yeah. They were all the same thing. Like, yeah, we're seeing them early morning, late evening, you know, not, not big bucks mm-hmm. You know, every now and then, you know, every other day, somebody would say, yeah, I saw a decent buck, couldn't get a shot. But there was never that day, you know, like previous years where one person's like, oh man, dude, I saw four. I saw, I couldn't get a shot at any of them, but I saw four shooters. Mm-hmm. We never had that. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> that we happens didn't. every year, but we didn't have that. No, I mean, we have what, seven people down there. Um, you get some good data when you're hunting yeah. seven different spots. You really do. With, with other people moving around. We well, just never got in them. I always think like, okay, I used to think this way of like, all right, they did it November 1st this year. I'm going to try to be back here November 1st, the exact same time next year. And the reality is, is like I was looking it up and I heard something on a podcast the other day, like leap years, 366 days. So to say like every year on this day, I don't think you can do that. I think it's so situational on like, it could be three days earlier. It could be three days later. It could be a week and a half. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of that is triggered by, um, like the rising and setting of the sun and how, how that changes, um, in the fall. But to me, it's like, if I could do one thing different on my vacation, it was be, it would be like, be more flexible. Like, yeah. Okay. That's one thing, you know, that I'll have that conversation with work next year too, of this is our goal. My vacation could be this or it could be that, but this is my ultimate goal. Will that work? Yeah, and I'll make a can, decision right before. Yeah. Not make a decision, not put the two week, you know, two week PTO in four months out. Tell them, Hey, I will be taking two weeks in November. I just don't know what weeks yet. Yeah. 
yeah, I guess it's different for every single people's work. But for me, if I could have changed it, like we left, I left on November 10th or 11th to go home. I would have liked to start hunting on the 7th. Like that would, I would have loved to got back yesterday because all of the stories, all of the people that I've talked to that have been hunting the last seven, eight days, they've been hunting the best days of the year. Yeah. And it felt like we were just on the precipice. Like it was starting to crest. We're like, um, like we're like 75% way up the hill and then it's just going to fall off a cliff and just open wide up. And we weren't there when that happened. Yep. It sucks, but there's always next year. I mean, we, we've got deer down, you know, Jake may have a good one down today. Maybe. That's true. We're recording this on the 20th. Um, the goal was nine. We were going to try to do nine bucks this year in two different states. So this could be five for nine right now. We're still trying to get a couple down in Oklahoma. Um, me and Peyton are, and then obviously Jake's still trying as well. Um, but it's, it's still happening. Everyone's hitting that panic stage when it's like, guys, we still have a month and 25 days of hunting. Chill out. Yes, it's the rut, but chill out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get desperate. You have what till January? I think it's January 15th each yep, year. It's true. It, it'll be all right. Yeah, we do. They uh, got to move. Your big ones might go nocturnal, but they're going to slip up. They eventually. will slip up. Yeah, eventually. I hope that everybody that's listening um, had a good rut. I'm sure the rut is still going. Um, Oklahoma just kicked off their rifle season, so RIP a lot of good deer that just got shot. Man, but. I've been on social media for the past 24 hours a lot with it being the weekend, and I have seen so many deer killed this year. I mean, Big ones? Yeah, giants, 150s, 160s, just so many deer. Yeah. 184s. <laughs> I can't I can't mention that. That's sad. It makes me sick, man. It we had a sick. It also makes me sick too because I killed you know, I killed my biggest buck to date. Well, he's probably not anymore, but the one that I killed this year might score better, but he's still just Yeah, not as big. He's 125 inch when it comes down to it, he's 125 inch six point. It was an eight point broke off brow tines. Mm-hmm. I killed it with a rifle and it just makes me sick. You know, nothing against rifle hunting because I do it. I will do it. I will continue to do it, mm-hmm. but it makes me sick of how much time, effort, blood, sweat, tears of confusion that we go through, especially on public land. And then I go back to my hunt down in Southwest Oklahoma. I'm like, I walked out to the stand, 120, 150 yards, got out of the truck, walked there, shimmied up, deer came out, shot it with a rifle, backed on to it, back down to it, loaded up. It's like, Man, that makes me so sick. What we do, what we do compared to what we could do. Yeah, but there's not the satisfaction level. Yeah. Is just so much lower. Um, and if that's your thing, like you get to hunt two days a year, or honestly, you just enjoy hunting that way, that's fine. Um, because I enjoy it too. Yeah. No, um, there's I'm, I'm not knocking it. Whatsoever. I enjoy it don't, too. Don't twist my words here. It just makes me sick of I've done it. And I was like, you know, I could just do this every year. And build your wall out. Yeah, one good buck. And do this every year, but just the grind that we go through. It's, there's something that keeps me going back on the public land because there's just always this question of what if I can't get it done? 
And sometimes you can't, sometimes you don't. And, but when you do, when you shoot that good one on public, when you shoot a buck on public, you're like, man, I could have had five Jim Bob Joes. There was no, this is what I look at it on public of when you hunt over a feeder, you're like, okay, you know, this is, this is our, this is our area. We manage this. Yeah. We manage this on public. There is no management. You're going into, you're in their world. They have, you're giving them every advantage. Yeah. They have every advantage. You're in, you know, you're in their world. And when you go and get it done on public, it's like, I just came into your realm and I beat you. At your game. You live here. I beat you, you know. Now, out of the 15 days that we've been here, you have beat me 14 and a half. I only have to be right once though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And for it all to come together, because still, even when you get a shot, we're still hunting with a bow. It's nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. Nothing is guaranteed. It's still, most likely, if they're not within 30 yards, personally for me, it's most likely I'm not going to get it done because they're going to duck. There's something that's going to go wrong. I'm going to hit my cam on the stand. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, there's so many things. Just, it's not all about, hey, getting a deer within shooting distance because there's still so many things. You can hit a perfect shot and still not find it. That's step one on public. Getting them in distance, you're like, all right, now eat more steps, yeah, and I might get this thing. And it all has to come together, but when it comes together, you're like, I, I won. It's very, very gratifying. I have two bucks um, on the wall from public in Oklahoma, and I have bigger deer on the wall. But I, every day I come in my room, I look at those two first. I'm like, that's awesome. Like that, that was fun. I enjoyed that. It's more than just the inches. It's more than just, honestly. People could come in and look at some of the smaller deer that I maybe have European mounted. A lot of those deer mean a lot more to me than the big ones that I've shot. Like a lot more because it's like, there's so much more to that ant, that animal than what happened. What led up to you shooting it? How much you'd hunted that year? How did you hunt? How much did you get your ass kicked before you got one? Yeah. All that matters. Like our, you know, not trying to step boundaries in the next episode, but our Kansas deer. Mm -hmm. I wipe my butt with leaves a few days to be able to get that deer. The one that I shot over a feeder, you know, in Southwest, I hunted for an hour and a half, got him, walked a hundred yards, got him, drove up to him. When I killed in Kansas, it's like, yeah, I cried. I cried for that deer. I went to the hotel a few nights and I cried because I was like, what is going on? Maybe I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. <laughs> Everybody else is killing them. And I'm a fraud. Why am I here? What am I, when it all came together, it's like, man, people won't understand no they're gonna look at that mount probably and laugh and be like why did you shoot that because i wanted to and it yeah. was fun but at the same time especially in kansas but then again it's like well you don't know what i went through <laughs> that's true that's true I, and i'm gonna eat so no matter what it doesn't matter what the size it's getting ate it's going to feed people can't eat the horns yeah can't eat the horns that's one of my goals too of the next couple years um, with the filming and creating content and everything, it's like you always going to shoot the biggest deer possible. But I want to, I do want to try to take a step back and have just have more fun. Like shooting deer is fun. I don't care if it's a forky with your bow. Shooting any deer with your bow is fun. Yeah, like that, I have fun shooting them. Newly, you know, last year, um, we were looking at some trail camera photos up in Northeast. I was like, he's not, he's not mature. He's why would you shoot that? And he said, would it make you happy? I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah, it's big enough to make me happy. He's like, it doesn't matter. Then shoot it. You know, like your management plan might suck. You're going to think here in a few years, but if it makes you happy, just shoot it. I think a lot of people, 
you know, you have to pick a management plan or, or being an hour later. Yeah. It's awesome when you can have both. Yeah. If you have mature deer, they're going to make you happy. But on public, it's like, um, people would, a lot of people would say you, you can't change your standards on public versus private. Those people are full of it. Those like, people don't kill deer. Yeah. Those, those, let me rephrase that. Those people, I'm not saying they don't kill deer. Those people don't hunt public. <laughs> and if they do, they go one day a year. Mm-hmm. They sit, they don't see anything. They go back to their corn feeder. Well, it's, it's so different. Um, everybody's in a different situation and it's, it's, you would be hard pressed. I think that's why there are so few people out there that consistently kill big deer on public land that that's why they're reveled so high by other hunters. Cause they're like other people that hunt public. No, if this guy can get it done year after year, after year, after year on public land, this guy would hunt a circle around a guy that has 500 acres of his own managed ground. And I do both. I love hunting managed ground. I really do. But for those people that consistently get it done on public every single year, back to back big deer, that is so impressive that like hang and hunt. I have respect for those kind of people that I can't get it done every year. I give respect to people that try to hunt public. Right. Go in. I don't go in expecting, I, I go in expecting like the worst I mean, I'm like, hey, I'm here. I have confidence, but I'm on public. I'm not fighting against deer. I'm fighting against other people, more importantly. That is a good point. I am fighting against other people. I'm not only competing with the deer in their environment, but I'm also competing with God knows how many people. Factors I can't control. Yeah, yeah, that can't be controlled. That that brings up a good point, though, about the people. I forgot to even mention that. On Jake's second or third sit, he had a guy walk up on him on our first leg of the trip. Um, and then I met the guy on the road, like us sitting out there waiting for Jake to pick him up. And a guy comes up, he's like, Hey, how you doing? I was like, good. He's like, sorry, I'm just scouting. He was from Arkansas. And he said, I think I just walked up on your buddy. And I was like, where were you? And he like pointed back in there. I was like, yeah, that was him. Yeah. That was him. He's going to be mad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, man, people make mistakes. I mean, but also I think it's, nothing against a guy. If I was from a different state and I didn't have the time, I'd be doing the same thing. Everybody has, but, but I also, you know, you, you have to take a step back and realize, Hey man, it's hunting season. I probably shouldn't be scouting in the morning or in the evening. Like if you're going to come scout during hunting season, do it in the middle of the day or put your stuff into, on your back. Just take into consideration. There are people that have done this before me and they're out here hunting, trying to get it done. Mm-hmm. you know but it's public so something it's a delicate just, balance yeah, it just they just don't care yeah it, nothing against the guy at all you know no. i would have done probably probably would have been me well the last day of the trip i went back to the community center to try again and or the second to last day and i'm sitting in the i have two i have a doe and a fawn sitting by me I, all these details are coming back through us talking i remember this um i have a doe and a fawn literally like 40 yards from me and i'm just watching them and i hear like coming up and like i'm talking loud out of this bottom and i'm like here we go doe and fawn they don't blow they just run off and i'm like mm-hmm. i grab my bow and i spin around and i get the camera here comes a guy up the up the creek like blue jeans regular t-shirt old man no bow no bag no nothing he's sitting 80 yards from me picking up acorns off the ground and sniffing them and i was just sitting here in my stand i've been sitting for four, like three or four hours and i'm just like why yeah i'm like hey hey he didn't hear me hey then i whistle real, real loud he looks up he's like oh 
throws his hands up, turns around, and goes exactly where he was going. And I was like, nope, we're talking, it's November 4th or 5th. No, sorry, we're, we're still in Oklahoma. It's like November 2nd. No bow, no bag. He's not hunting. He's just walking around. He, thing is, you know where relatively where people are because you park and you see people's trucks. Yeah. Dude was just out exploring. I was like, man. Yeah, man. When I, when I, on public, when I pull up to somewhere in can, you know, in Kansas, and we'll, we'll talk about that next podcast. But when I see cars there, I'm like, nope. Man, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I took a photo. Christian will probably, uh, I don't know if you'll do a video of the podcast. We can post though. Oh yeah. We can post a photo of what I walked back to after I shot my buck of how many cars. <laughs> that was awesome. And I was like, what in the heck is going on here, man? I just, I can't believe I just did this with this much like activity going on in here. Yeah. So, and then, you know, newly told me when, when they were hunting, um, <clears throat> in the other set of mountains, um, that they, he had somebody walk in and then 15, 20 minutes later rattled in a deer. So you never know. It's not, I, I like to blame it on other people, but it makes me feel better. Yeah. It makes you like, okay, you know, there's hope. I have skill. They just messed me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Cause you never see someone like on these hunting TV shows when like someone's in like a, a 360 hunting blind, like with the heater and they're like waiting on our target book in this alfalfa patch. You never see like somebody like like walking through an alfalfa smelling alfalfa. (laughs) It's just like the heck is going on here, uh, man. Yeah. I just want to like, sometimes I want to get out of the tree and walk up and be like, what was your plan? Yeah. What was your desired outcome of this activity? I I can't wait for the next podcast to tell my story about the guy that walked up on me on Kansas. I just, I just chuckled because I was like, yeah, you just obliterated my hunt. It's okay. I think everyone it has happens. one of those in Kansas. No, I have two of them. Three it, of them. In Kansas. It happens. But I just wanted to get down and just look at the guy in the eye and be like, "Really? What? What? What are you doing? Let's hunt together. Yeah. Let's figure this thing out. Because obviously, what are you? What are you doing? I mean, hey, I give you props. You're out on public. You're trying, but man, you're really, uh, really screwing it up for a lot of people with what you're doing. That was a stretch there, huh? You, they, they, you're really he's a super nice guy though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else on this first leg of the trip that we missed. That was the smaller leg. Um it was fun. I, I always have fun in the mountains. Gosh, we eat better than I do at home in the mountains. Justin brought the blackstone and we ate so good out there. Um I just I, I really enjoy that trip every year, but man, it's that's kind of the it's kind of the luck of the draw. In that one, you're either going home with a big one or you're going home with nothing. It's a good trip, but anything else on the the mountain hunt? Not that Stuff. I. You regret not shooting your one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You'll see how the rest of the year finishes. Yeah, the rest of the year goes. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I, I'm at that point to where I'm like, okay, I haven't. Maybe the one I shot this year, maybe goes one thirties. Maybe, maybe he doesn't. Maybe it goes one fifteen. So. I don't know. He's got crap everywhere. Um, just a all around okay. But uh, just adding another one, tw- you know, maybe not even one twenty. It's like okay, now I have to start taking into consideration of when I walk in the room, I'm gonna get every deer mounted something well, you know, European or shoulder mount because that's right. my goal. Right. Um, but that deer just, I probably wouldn't have been super thrilled or man, I could have given him another year and he could have been 150. But. Well, you're taking yourself out of the game too. And 
you did end up tagging out in Kansas, which we're going to talk about next episode, but you never know. Like you said, there's still a lot of time to hunt. We might end up getting it done and be happy that we passed that one, but we've got a few 160, 170s in Southwest that need shots. So. <laughs> that need shot that need to be found. Where are they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, go, go check us out on YouTube. Um, Instagram, TikTok, it's all Hunter's Advantage. Um, if you're listening to the podcast and you enjoy it, we're trying to get our rating and reviews up to 100. We have, I think, 80 on the podcast now. Uh, those help us meet, those help us reach more people and get more people uh, the message. So appreciate you guys always listening. Make sure to leave us a five star rating and review. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. And because Dave's not here, Jesus loves you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.